<laughs> Hi, welcome to the Caffeinated College Coach. My name is Wendy Steinberg. Today we have a very special guest. Julie Torum is here and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself. And um, was it an expectation when she was growing up to go to college or not? So how are you? I'm good. How are you, sweetie? Good. So correct me if I'm wrong. I think you grew up in Michigan, right? Yep. Grand Rapids, Michigan. How big of a town is that? I don't know. <laughs> this wasn't a quiz. Oh my God. Um, it's like, okay. it's like the biggest city in Michigan. It next is. to Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I know it's you and your sister, right? Yep. I have a younger sister named Jamie. Okay. And so when you were growing up, were your parents professionals? Like, was there yeah. the expectation to continue yeah, in that? Of, both of my parents have their PhDs. So serious? Yeah. So my dad is a rabbi and then got his PhD in gerontology. And then my mom has her PhD in special education. Okay, that's a little intimidating. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like, how do you even, that's like having 50 cent at your bat mitzvah. Like, where do you go from there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, where, where do you go? Fitty. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so there was no pressure, right? No, no pressure. I, you know what? There wasn't so much pressure, like there was pressure to go to college, yeah. but there was pressure. Like you have to go to the Ivy leagues or anything like that. And my grades were terrible. My high, I mean, high school, I was not the, I was not a good student. Um, I could have been a good student, but I wasn't. Yeah. And um, so after college, after high school, I, <laughs> during high school, I was working at a dry cleaner and I told my mom, you know, they said I could be the manager one day, <laughs> which to me seems like, oh, pants. oh my God, $4 an hour. So, <clears throat> I mean, this was like 1980, 1980, yeah. right? Yeah. 1984 is when I graduated. So she, my mom, so I said, I think I'm going to take a year off and, you know, maybe I'll travel. And she goes, no, you are going to college. Because I think she, you know, she was smart enough to know that if I didn't go to college, that I was never going to college. So I ended up going to a community college for two years because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And honestly, I was just really immature. So, and my grades sucked. So went there, got my GPA up and then transferred to a four-year college. Where but did it was you go? For four years, I went to Western Michigan University. And I graduated in 1988 and then worked for several years. And then I went back and got my master's degree from Grand Valley State. And what is that in? Master's of Public Administration. Ooh, what did you want to do with that? I don't know. You know, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted something that would make me more marketable. And yeah. I knew an MBA was not the way for me to go because yeah. that would mean like, too much math. Yeah. And this was more like hands-on stuff. And I was already working for the county and doing, you know, bureaucratic bullshit. So this was, this just made it more official. So nice. So your, yeah. your mom was probably happy that 
you took the route that you did, right? Yeah, both of my parents were, yes. So nice. And does your sister also have a degree? She also has her master's. Um, She got her undergrad at Duke, not Duke, Drake. Also a good school, but. um, Yeah, in Iowa? in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. She was always like the, we were very, very competitive in different ways growing up. Academically was not one of the ways I was remotely competitive, but so she went there and then she got her master's. I don't know where she got her master's. I think she's from, from Michigan state. Okay. But she has hers too. That's nice. Yeah. So, um, how long did you work for the County then? I worked for Kent County. So that was the second largest county in Michigan for, I want to say four years before that I worked for, I worked in a um, a day program for adults with developmental disabilities and then moved on to, it was community mental health. It was what it was called at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was doing recipient rights. So it was kind of like internal affairs for the mental health department. So that's awesome cool it was cool I saw lots of bad stuff but I made you know good things happen too so yeah it was good I miss it yeah well see I always um worry about my Max because uh we had a situation when he was five where um it, it wasn't good someone was unkind to him yeah and um that's why he's never going to a group home. That's why he's going to just me to his brothers, whatever, because we just can't chance um, him not getting his needs met in a proper fashion. So, yeah, he was, it was bad. I mean, there are many wonderful places, but yeah, unfortunately there are some not yeah. so good. Too, yeah. So. Yeah. But you're not, when did you make the segue then from that type of work to education? So because every time, because since I've known you, you've been like this rock right. star so with kids. And- so I got my master's degree and then I got engaged. So my husband at the time lived in Minneapolis because we we've been all over the place. Okay. So got engaged, quit my job in Michigan, moved to Minneapolis. And then I worked at another day program there. And then I started doing customer service somewhere. And then I got pregnant like right away. So I was like, not sure what I wanted to do, blah, blah, blah. Then we moved back to Cincinnati. We had the opportunity to come back here. And the cost of living was that was such that I didn't have to work for the first, you know, I didn't have to work, um, which was amazing you know, but I missed working. That's the thing. So then I would pick up like little side jobs here and there. So fast forward, we moved to Baltimore, we moved back here. And then um, my kids started going to Yavna. And so I would, I was on the PTO, I was on board, I was sort of did a lot of a lot of volunteering and stuff. And they needed substitutes. So I was like, oh, I can substitute, you don't, you didn't have to have a, de- a degree in education to do that. So I I just fell into that and I really liked it because it was sort of like, you know, getting to play with the kids, you get to squeeze tushies and then there was no responsibility after that. Yeah. Yeah. So it really stuck. And then, so I was there for what, like 12 years in one capacity or another. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was a long time. And then this opportunity came when it was time for me to leave. 
from Rockburn um, that used to be Yavna, now Rockburn. Um, this position opened up at Ortora, which I knew nothing about. So called you. And it's like, Yay! what do you know about this school? And that was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life to come work here. Isn't it fun? It's- yeah, it's awesome. I absolutely love the kids. I love my coworkers. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So wonderful community and the parents are awesome (laughs) especially woo okay so um I have to say that like when I was in high school I was academically focused but then when I got to college I was a little too social yeah um what what? (laughs) so the thing was is that I was an RA in the halls I was elected to student government. I was working a job. I was going to school. I didn't even have time for homework. And I mean, I would like, (laughs) I would like plea deal with my professors. Like, just give me a B. (laughs) (laughs) And they'd be like, just come to class. And I'd be like, what? Oh my God. The audacity. You want me to come to your class? Do you know who I am? Right. Oh, I had a class one time. It was because I was a criminal justice major and this class was like safety and security or something like that. And we were supposed to design a security system or I don't know, like, like, how are you, how are you going to deal with this company and keep it safe? And remind you, this is before internet. This is before cell phones. This is before all this stuff. So of course I had no clue of what I was doing. Well, the teacher died. He had, he was terrible. He had a heart attack. I totally would have failed this class, but everybody in the class got to be. True story. Because I mean, it's not like he would be there for us to argue with. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes. I mean, but like, I mean, the only thing you could really do to create it a security system back in the 80s right it's like mm-hmm. dogs lock right, exactly <laughs> my friend used to have this thing on the back of her door she was a single woman at the time and on the back of her townhouse um there was this little thing she hung on the back of the doorknob and it was a dog barking so anytime someone oh. knocked, it would bark that's yeah. smart yeah yeah that's really smart huh yeah. Okay. That yeah. is an interesting story. Isn't Absolutely. it? I kind of yeah. feel bad. Was he old? No, he was a young guy. That's the thing. But I mean, we, I, I re- truly have no idea what was going on in that class. Like it was just, first of all, I wasn't interested in security. Yeah. And secondly, I was just like, you know, there's probably a cute boy in the class that I was <laughs> much more in, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what motivates us to attend our classes exactly exactly a little eye candy for sure <laughs> so were you involved on campus did you go greek were you in I class? didn't i i worked a lot actually so i've always worked mm-hmm. i mean starting when i was a little kid babysitting and then in high school i always worked in college i worked work worked did a lot of um retail, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And so no Western at that time was not Greek at all. Like my, uh, my sweet mates were in a sorority, but it, but <laughs> what they said is at the time 
if you were in a sorority, you could not drink outside of sorority events. And I was like, okay, counts me out. So I did not rush. And not for that. That wasn't the only reason, but like, I, it, this wasn't my, I knew Greek life was not my thing. Yeah. And I had a boyfriend and, you know, so I didn't want to be tied down for weekends and, you know. Yeah. And I'm trying to think like what else, you know, we'd go to football games and stuff like that, but it, I was never like one of those rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, I can't wait to go to college kids, you know? Yeah. I kind of saw it as a means to an end. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now you're a mom of a college graduate and, and a high school graduate. say that one more time and a high school graduate. She's also, right. great. so she's getting ready to go. Yep. So between the time of your son and your daughter, what were some things that changed as you um, prepared them to go to college? Between the two, like between Max and Ellie? Yeah, about their process. Like he went to Miami, right? Yeah. So I guess they're very different kids, you know? So for Max, who was, who was much like me, had the ability to do much better than he did because he's really smart um but he's got a lot of street both of my kids have a lot of street smarts and max applied to a couple different places and got into the business school at miami so he got accepted to direct admit to the farmer school and that was it he's huge yeah so when he got accepted he's like okay i'm done looking i'm not gonna look anywhere else right and we like okay you know it's, it's a great school and then ellie had no idea what she wanted to do still. So she's leaning towards going into business, but I, I don't, you know, who knows? Like I switched my major four times in the first year. So, mm-hmm. um, she's going to UC in the fall. And the difference with her is that I'm really very hands-off, Yeah, you know, she's doing a lot more the grunt work with shock to get everything done. And I'm just kind of sitting back and waiting for life to happen, you know, yeah. for her. Why did I think she was going to UK? She was looking into UK. Okay. And it was kind of between UC and UK. And then she went and visited UK and she's was not real impressed. Yeah. Um, okay. She said the people at UC were much nicer. And okay. she said like people on campus were coming up to her and chatting with her. And she Is she going to live on campus? Fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you guys could see this face Julie's making. She's like, yes, she is. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And so it's so I love what? I love my children. Yes, you do. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. I mean, um, you know, it's so funny. Someone in the community, um, her her last child, who's a girl, is getting married. And, you know, the daughter just went and picked everything out. She's like, that's just who she is. She and I are very different. So yeah. She'll do her. I'll show up to the wedding. It'll be amazing. Yep. You know? Oh, and yeah. Win-win for everybody. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, a lot of it, it I, I have to kind of reframe the narrative and say, okay, my kids are very independent. And as much as I would like to be more involved in certain things, they're doing it on their own and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's on you. That's from you though. Like they got 
that independence and they feel so secure in themselves from you and creating such a great home life that they're fine. They're just going. Well, thank you. Well, it's true. I remember when you were pregnant with, with Ellie and pregnant with my Max and, um, what is Meryl's oldest son's name? Whoop. Is it Avrami? Um, Avram. Yes. Avram, yeah. So he was having his upshearnish. And yeah. here we are sitting. Oh, my God. And we were just like waiting. So it was fun. <laughs> was that Mainville? I remember like, like the first time. that I don't think that was like, was that the first time we met? No. First time we met is we were at Merrill's in Mainville. There were all these couples. Andrew did not feel comfortable in going outside and drinking and hanging out with everyone. So we left. Oh, you remember that? It was like, what are we doing? Like, let's go out. We've been, it was just, I'm just more social than he was. Yeah. Well, well, I'm more social than I did too. So, yeah. So, that's when I first met you. And then I felt bad because we had to leave. I didn't get to know anybody. And I kept calling your husband, Chuck and not Shaq. <laughs> Everybody calls you Chuck. He, he gets that all the time. Well, so my favorite one is, so his real name is Shafar. And it's hard for people to say that. And so people will say Shahar or my favorite is Sinclair. And well, there were two favorites actually. Somebody called him Sinclair, and another person called him Shazar, which I thought was pretty cool too. Oh, we need shirts for that one. That's awesome, right? Absolutely. I said, you have to enter a room and go Shazar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Do you remember what was his name? Scott Adams. He was there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So that's really all I remember. It's this beautiful house. Anything that happened like more than a week ago. Yeah. Well, everything. Yeah. I can't remember why I walked in the kitchen, but. Totally. So do you feel pretty good? Like your daughter's getting settled. What's Max doing now that he graduated? So he's looking for a job. And in the meantime, he was supposed to do an internship with the ATP. So Western Southern, the tennis thing last year. And then COVID hit. Oh. So he's got that lined up for this year. So, I mean, if he doesn't find a job right away, he's got a, a cushion. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually really hoping that he follows through and is able to do the, the this internship because I think it'll open a lot of doors for him. Oh, yeah. And it's one thing that I firmly, firmly believe in is doing internships, whether it's paid or unpaid. It's how I found you know, it's kind of how I realized what I really wanted to do yeah. back in the day. And, you know, you get so much more exposure to things you wouldn't necessarily be exposed to and you get real life and yeah, you know, it's a great. Good opportunity. You know, at Cincinnati state, uh, we require two semesters of co-op and 70% of our students get hired on at the place that they're co-oping. That's I mean, so they're smart. already you know, that's, they're already, um, trained, you know, Mm -hmm. and unless you're late to work or high at work or something, you know, you're going to do okay. And I know you see their co-op program is nationally known. 
So yeah, Ellie is set. Like amazing. I hope so. You hope so? I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what is what is some advice that you would give to parents um, starting the college process for their students? What would you uh, words of wisdom? Okay. My biggest words, my big, my biggest words, um, my biggest piece of advice is to let your kid fail. Yeah. So uh, I'm on this Facebook group with Miami parents and some of the parents were at the beginning, like when Max was a freshman, some people were writing, you know, this, this teacher's not very good and I'm going to call the teacher and my son's not doing well at school and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he really deserves a better grade and all this stuff. And I said, you need to let your kid, and I don't tell people what to do normally, but this was like, I was like, my God, what's going to happen when a boss says something to this person? Yeah. Is he going to call his mom and his mom's going to call the boss? I said, no, you got to let your kid deal with it. You yeah. know, you might have to lead the kid and say, this is who you need to speak with, but let your kids do their jobs and let them fail. If they choose to not study and they fail the class, that's on them. It's not on you. Yeah. And that's, that's how we learn. That's how I learn. That's how, you know, you're going to learn more from failing something than you are from somebody doing it for you for sure. Absolutely. And then the other thing, I think you just got to sit back, like let your kids blossom. Let them make mistakes and let them no news is good news a lot of the time that's been my philosophy for a long yeah yeah I used to work in Miami yeah and um you're spot on with your parents yeah yeah isn't that crazy yeah it is it's like someone missed the deadline um I used to be in charge of hiring training and evaluating all the RAs So there was like over 200 RAs and, you know, during the recruitment process to get RAs for the following year, there's a deadline, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I had a few students that missed the deadline and then, you know, it, it just triggered a domino effect. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I hope it was a learning process for them, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, listen, I mean, we've had it in high school a few times with, with both of my kids that they're like, well, can you call the teacher and get me an extension? I'm like, no, yeah. I probably could, but I'm not going to, because this is you, you knew about this, Yeah, you know, it's my responsibility to do your work for you. I will help you. I will get you tutors. I will do whatever it needs, whatever I can do to make you successful and mm-hmm. to support you. But you know, there's a limit. Yeah. I think that's amazing advice. Absolutely. My mom dropped me off at my uh, residence hall with a can of Hormel chili, mm-hmm. one of those long mirrors from Target and a box yeah. of briskets. And she's <laughs> like, see ya. <laughs> that's it. We drove up in this little Subaru station wagon, me, my sister, my mom and I I had like three suitcases. See ya. I mean, they wow. came up a few weeks later, but yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. 
Oh, you know what? I thought of another piece of advice. This is, I rarely take my mom's advice, but this, um, this was one of the times that she was very right. The first few months of school for me being away from home and it was, I, I've always been sort of a homebody as, as much as I like to go out and be with my friends and everything. I was miserable for the first probably six weeks and just, I just wanted to come home. I was out of my comfort zone. And she kept calling. I kept calling her. I'm like, I got to come home. I'm going to transfer to another college and blah, 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 blah. And she said, stick it out. She goes, take it 10 minutes at a time, take it five minutes at a time. And that's something that has worked for me in many, many, many different areas of my life is to say, yeah, today really sucks, but 30 seconds from now, I'll be 30 seconds further than I was. And I'm going to make it through the next hour. And if I didn't cry, that's a huge accomplishment, you know, so the little steps, because it's a huge change, no matter how you look at it, it's an enormous change in your life, but it can also be phenomenal. And if it really sucks that bad, you can transfer. Yeah. So you said that after about six weeks, it turned a corner for you and totally turned a corner. Like I started, um, socializing more with the people in my dorm Mm -hmm. and realized that I became really good friends with people in my previous life that I never even would have considered talking to. And it's not that I was a snotty kid because I was not at all. Yeah. But like, these were like, this was the era of big hair and headbangers and, you know, Metallica and all that. And there was this guy, this kid named Scott that we had a co-ed, co-ed by floor dorm. So the guys two doors down from me were these metalheads. And I, you know, I'm like James Taylor and Carol King and like anything from the seventies is like my group. Right. And we became such good friends. And you would think like, what do you have in common? Like, here I am, like this nice little Jewish girl from the Midwest. And here's this headbanger down the hall. And we were great friends. And it was probably because we were so different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. such good advice. Thank um, you. No, it is. Because, you know, my main experience is, is in residence life. And yeah. we were always told that, you know, roommate changes won't happen for the first month. And it's because of Smart. that. It's, yep. you know, I don't know, but yeah. And you don't hear about people having horrible roommate experiences too often. I mean, it happens, but, you know, now I think people kind of vet their roommates quite extensively before they even go to school. I'm, I'm, it's probably much different. Yeah. yeah. I got my roommate notification in the mail she called a few days later and said, do you want to buy the fridge or the microwave? And I'm like, what? Like, I was just going to show up, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's I, when I came into my dorm the first day, I actually roomed with my friend Susie, who was my friend. We'd known each other since first grade. And she had a boyfriend and I didn't. And there, I walked in the room and there were pictures of Sean covering the room <laughs> it's like and he was a great guy he's a super nice guy but I was like yeah this can't happen yeah are they still and together sleepwalker, which I oh yeah they've been married forever and um she was a sleepwalker which I did not know until we lived together that was interesting 
Yeah. What we learn about our friends. Right? Interesting. Exactly. Wow. Well, I'm so grateful you took time to come meet with me and share your words of wisdom and your journey with people who will be listening. Thank you. Um, So everybody definitely subscribe to the Caffeinated College Coach. And woohoo! Thank you, Julie. (laughs)